Hey guys! <laughs> we got 10 minutes into our recording and my computer crashed so, so, so bad. Anyway, here's a quick recap. Micah, do you want to say what our conversation starter was earlier? Uh, sure. I was going to try to organically just pretend like it didn't happen and we could start the podcast over. But but that's so disingenuous. I'd rather be truthful with our audience. Don't you want to bring a kernel of truth to our audience, Micah? I'm also good with pretending if you are. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, I don't care either way. <laughs> No, I don't want to bring a kernel of truthfulness to our audience and all that other stuff. We are shadows on Plato's wall. Esoteric. Okay. <laughs> we are shadows on the cave walls, dancing around. Yeah. We are the illusion. We are merely projections of ourselves. Exactly. So, that brings me to, obviously, Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire. Honest to God, that actually does segue pretty good. What a projection of herself. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, Robin Williams is the villain of Mrs. Doubtfire. That is my supposition. This is what I'm bringing to the table, which I have already brought to the table and we had a whole conversation about, but we lost it when the recording died. You... So now we're going to try to recreate <laughs> the organic magic for you. For you, Behold our loving the audience. shadows. <laughs> okay, you frame it, you, you do frame it confrontationally as if I'm going to be disagreeing with you in no world am I going to be disagreeing with you for those who haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire in 13 years like Micah has um oh no like 20 years 20 years you said 13 earlier 20 years is a very long time I can't do math I don't know I don't know what year that would have been 2010 2003 three oh 20 Jesus fucking Christ Cut that I'm part. glad you don't have to count for a living. Cut out the parts that make me look stupid. Okay, so for those who haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire in a super, super, super long time, Robin Williams, um, I don't care about the character's name, Robin Williams is married to a lady, um, and then she wants a divorce uh, because of... Uh, oh. Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, sorry. Earlier when I read this, I did not read what caused the whole divorce. Um, he quits his job following a disagreement over a morally questionable script. Okay, that's not bad. And he returns home and throws a chaotic birthday party for Chris despite Miranda's objections. <gasps> Crazy. Anyway, then she files for a divorce. Okay, so the problem from the beginning was that he had too big of a moral compass and was just too much fun, even though maybe Miranda didn't want her house to be trashed. I digress. Their personalities were probably just different. Anyway, um, Robin Williams proceeds to dress up as a woman named Mrs. Doubtfire and pretend to be a nanny and get fake hired and stuff because he's a voice actor or whatever. And then everything... Oh my god. Everything went fucking crazy. I There's way too much detail in this Wikipedia article. Sorry. Anyway, Mrs. Doubtfire gets hired. Miranda gets a new boyfriend named Stu. Mrs. Doubtfire poisons him by putting cayenne pepper in his jambalaya at a restaurant even though because he's allergic to peppers, even though the jambalaya was definitely going to have the peppers anyway. I digress. And then he has to do the Heimlich maneuver on Stu, the new boyfriend, and then the prosthetic falls off, and that's how they discover... That's... That's crazy! You are... You are faking an identity. You are stalking... You are you are disrespecting her boundaries. Attempted murder question mark is a big one. What was the goal in in giving Stu something he was allergic to? What was the goal, Robin Williams? To kill him. That was the goal. Robin Williams is the bad guy. And then he was he's like, the villain. Oh no, he might die. 
Yeah, that's why, that's why you're not supposed to fucking do that. Oh, my God. Okay, so custody is briefly restricted to just Miranda because the judge is like, hey, all these actions are buck fucking wild. You are not a good dad. You're not a responsible adult, which is true. Um, also, whenever the kids come visit him at his apartment, it's fucking sad. His apartment sucks and it blows and the kids are bored. He's not very good at being a dad. I'm just saying. <sighs> exhausting anyway um and then eventually miranda's like oh no my resentment and anger towards daniel ruined the family you can't see my face right now because this is an audio medium i'm making a really deadpan stare to to emphasize my disdain by the way just the deadest of pans it's true god i'm literally getting mad all over again <laughs> reading the synopsis anyway they end up having equal custody and mrs doubtfire wins but about but and gets a fucking tv special and talks about how even no like no matter how family is structured love finds a way so true girl the judge was right and miranda was right it's not true oh wait no matter how family is structured love can find a way oh no i have a family structured okay yeah maybe oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. it wasn't no matter what a family does yeah, because there are some bad families. No, absolutely. And that, that very much depends on, on the actions of everybody involved. You can handle the structure any way you want, but the structure itself does not necessarily presuppose that it'll be ruined. Unless you're Mrs. Doubtfire, then you're a fucking trash woman, and this sucks. So that is our uh, podcast's hot take on Mrs. Doubtfire. They don't say what happens to Stu. Oh, Stu's dead. No, no, no. Stu thanks Daniel for saving him. I guess nobody realized that Daniel, Robin Williams, sorry, is the one that fucking poisoned him. Um, yeah, actually, that is never noted, come to think of it. So I think that's why Stu is, is, is thanking him. I don't know if Miranda and Stu stay together. I hope so, honestly, just to spite him. But what can you do? Stu could be dead. Due to un- Stu unrelated. Stu played by Pierce Brosnan. Huh? And Stu was played by Pierce Brosnan. That's a familiar name. Who is that? He played James Bond. No, that's Daniel Craig. There's multiple James Bonds. Yeah, he was before Daniel Craig. I don't even fucking remember what Pierce... <gasps> Wasn't he in Mamma Mia and he couldn't sing? Yeah, I believe he was in Mamma Mia. He was Mia. the sexy old guy in Mamma Mia who couldn't sing. Oh, bless his heart. Hey, that's really fucking funny. I That movie is so good. <laughs> Not because it's good, but because it's camp, you know? Boy, there's definitely a, a, a generational gap going on here. I'm like, yeah, James Bond. And you're like, Mamma Mia? No, yeah. <laughs> that is pretty demonstrative. <laughs> it's Gender Swap. Welcome to Gender Swap, a podcast with two transgender siblings, one of whom was going to come up with a better way to do this intro on the second time around, but obviously didn't you put enough work into it. And is even now stumbling over their words as they try to get it out. Do you want to give another go? The other one, the other one <laughs> is just kind of watching and pantomiming at me as I try to do this intro. Sorry, I'll stop watching if it's making you nervous. <laughs> it's not making me nervous that you're watching. It's making me nervous that you're actually like, you do these motions. You're very, you move around. I am real wiggly. I promise I'm not trying to send you signals. I'm just a wiggly guy. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Micah. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Stevie. I use he, they pronouns, and I'm a wiggly little guy. If it helps, even when I move in my desk chair, I'm trying really hard to keep my head stationary. Like, you know how when you hold, like, chickens or, like, a bird and you do your arm like that, the head stays the same? It's not chickens. It's some other bird. Anyway, it's, like, so fucked it's up. It's chickens. How do they keep their head in one place while the rest of their body moves? That's crazy. Anyway, that's me right now.
You can't do that. What if somebody else's movie? Like I, I can't. Like I'm, I'm doing it. But I feel like it's still moving. I don't know. How do chickens maintain their their head in one spot? I don't get it. Also, why? Why not just go with the flow? Because they're predators. Chickens? Chickens are predators, yeah. I mean, like of what? Like bugs? Yeah. And small rodents. Chickens do not eat rodents. Chickens eat baby mice. Chickens will eat anything. That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Chickens eat meat. Chickens eat meat. I don't like that. I super thought they were herbivores. Nope, they eat everything. They're omnivores. I don't want not okay. They don't eat everything. They couldn't eat a tiger. The tiger would do it first. Okay, if they if they had the opportunity to eat a tiger, though, I'm sure they would. If they came across a dead tiger, they'd eat the tiger. That sucks so bad. I am uh, chickens do give me the heebie-jeebies. Um, already unrelated to their uh, their um predatory nature, but I do trust them a little less now, knowing that if a chicken found my body, they wouldn't call the cops. Nope. <laughs> Instead, they'd strike up a barbecue. God bless. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. My soup question. I don't... Can yeah, you, I guess we have to. Can you manufacture, like, a disagreement with me? Because you, you told me before that you do that sometimes just to, fuck it, just to fuck with me. But, like, last time... We just agreed on the soup question. Can we get a do-over but, like, make it funny this time? <laughs> okay. The listener may not know this, but in a previous recording... In fact, the recording bit that we lost... Stevie had this whole long bit about how we bring truth to the podcast, and it is Veritas that we bring you, and that this is in no way manufactured. Yeah, well, I changed my mind, because I, I want my daily question to be funny, because otherwise it's just us talking about soup for five minutes. <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy a good soup conversation? I mean, really. Okay. Soup is delicious. Also, the people have no idea why we're talking okay, about soup. Okay, 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 okay. The daily question was, if you had to take a bath in a soup for relaxation purposes, it's a big, big, big tub of soup. Your whole body fits in it, and it's, it's like, safe or whatever. You're not going to, like, it's not dangerous. What type of soup would you choose? Brunswick stew. Oh, boy! You... <laughs> okay, I I asked you to... Oh. I thought you would say something... Oh man, I ooh, that made my skin crawl. I know I asked for, I explicitly asked for this. Ooh, oh, I don't like that. Hold on, hold on. I don't know if everybody knows what Brunswick stew is. Hold on. I also haven't had it in years. Mom would always make it growing up, fresh out the can. Okay. Fresh out of the can. <laughs> Fresh out of the can. Um, tomato-based stew involving local beans, vegetables, and originally small game meat, such as squirrel or rabbit, though today often chicken. The exact origin of this stew is disputed. Thanks, Wikipedia. Um, oh, the states of Virginia, North Carolina, and, Virgi- and Georgia all claim its birth, uh, potentially from Brunswick County. Okay, that's cool. It's pretty yummy. Here's the thing. Got a lot of chunks. Got a lot of little so parts. So many chunks. And you know what I want? You know what I want in a good bath? You want to be full of chunks. I want <laughs> chunks of things floating around me. I want chunks of things going in my crevices. That don't keep. No, keep. 
keep the beans and the local vegetables clear of the crevices. This is not good, and I don't like it. Okay, so Micah's original answer was tomato bisque, and I was like, oh my god, twins were twinning, because I would have said tomato soup. And we explicitly said because it did not have chunks. So you're being an asshole, and you're being inflammatory, and I did ask for it, but this did make me angrier than anticipated, just because Brunswick stew is actually... You asked me! The, I think it is the the worst one you could have picked. Really? It's because those parts are small. If it was something just like with like potatoes floating in it and and like maybe like big chunks of meat, that's not a great stew, but like yeah, you know. Brent, wait. You named a stew, you piece of shit. I said a soup. You got me all fucking worked up for nothing. <laughs> Look him in the eyes. Do you think I'm a buffoon? Did you do this intentionally? Are you trying to fucking embarrass me on our podcast? Oh, this motherfucker name doesn't a, know the difference name between a, a stew soup and a soup. Or I shoot. Name a soup. <laughs> I have uh, a finger gun pointed at the camera for the people who don't know. Since this is an audio format. Anything with chunks that's going to distress me is Clam probably chowder. Ooh. That brings up a different thing where it is chowder soup or stew, but I, I can... <sighs> Because earlier I argued that it had to have broth you couldn't see through in order for it to be a stew. And you are not seeing through clam chowder. In no fucking world are you seeing through it. I have leftover clam chowder in the fridge right now because I legitimately enjoy it. And that's part of my heritage as a white boy, you know? Chilo cannot stand clam chowder. And we we do own it uh, because I was craving it one day and I added it to our grocery order and they have not touched it. It's real yummy though. No, it is yummy. I, I, I enjoy a good chowder. You would, however, be a little stinky. You stink a little. You smell a little bit like clam after. Smelling like tomato, not ideal. Probably better than than clam, I would venture. Well, you know what tomato baths are used for? Skunk smell. I also learned that it doesn't actually work. Yeah, nothing gets rid of the skunk smell, to be honest. No, I heard that it was something different. But you have to do it multiple times. And so it's like, well, now it's just a regular bath. You're just adding steps, you know? Yeah, that's the only way I can get rid of it, is just like bathing a whole bunch. That's horrifying. The fact that skunks are able to do that is crazy. From their butt glands, no less. Good for them, honestly. I mean, you don't really have a lot hey. else. Hey, hey, what? Stevie. What? Speaking of butt glands. All right, sure, yeah. Okay. You know the beaver? The animal, the beaver? Yeah. They've got butt glands. What are they do? That they apparently do? taste like raspberries. You just listed... Okay, elaborate now, please. Hold on a second. Do, 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 Tell do. me this is a reference to something. Uh, the fact that beaver butt glands... I don't like this. Micah's Googling furiously, and I really hope that it turns out that's not true at all, and your brain just conjured this out of nowhere, which is actually worse than it being an objectively true fact. This is from culinarylore.com. Oh, fucking Christ. Uh, is it really a flavoring ingredient extracted from beaver glands? Oh. Is this what raspberry, strawberry, or vanilla flavors are? And the answer is yes. Oh. There is a food additive called castorium, which is derived from certain glands of the beaver, and it can be used in, uh, fl- and it can be used as flavoring ingredient in foods. Oh. Yeah, I mean, food's made pretty nasty. Food's got all kinds of nasty shit in it, I guess. Yeah, it does. Are the beavers... Are, is it a survivable procedure? Like, are the beavers good? No, they're dead. Those what? beavers are totally dead. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. 
I'm gonna be real with you. Sorry, every day I creep closer to veganism. I'm gonna be real with you, or vegetarianism rather. Probably not veganism, but vegetarianism. I do creep towards it every day. I'll keep you posted. That's so all. speaking of things that you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here comes the news. Ron DeSantis requested the information of trans students who sought care at Florida's public universities. Now students are planning a statewide walkout. Shit on his head. As a joke. In a video game. DeSantis asked to see a breakdown of the medical data of students who receive gender-affirming care from public entities. This includes anyone in the general public who has sought gender-affirming care at hospitals located at these public universities. Oh, God, in addition, he wants their ages and the dates that they receive gender-affirming care. The deadline to submit those records was February 10th. Uh, Insider, this is coming from Insider.com. Insider has confirmed that the University of Florida, Florida State University, University of Central Florida, Florida A&M University, Florida International University, and the University of North Florida have all complied with the request. Mm. Fucking Christ. Yeah, the students That's... are now planning rallies for next week, along with a statewide walkout on February 23rd. So if you are a student in Florida of the university system and you want to... Uh, Get out of classes on the 23rd for a good reason. Yeah. Participate in the walkout. Yeah, I think I will. I'm online, but like like we said earlier, like I might as well just fucking drive to campus just to do it. Like, oh my god. There's definitely normal, not predatory reasons for him to want all that information. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, he's not just an evil festering, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Sidebar? Okay. Okay. I, <laughs> this isn't, okay, it's not funny, it's only a little fun. okay, Donald Trump fucking hates Ron DeSantis, is that not so fucking funny? When it comes down to it, that's really funny. Like, I, all of these fucking parasites are <laughs> it's just jacking each other off all day long until... The head parasite realizes this one might be a threat. This guy's a creep. And suddenly people are turning on the other one. That is crazy. That there's something about that. That is, that is just fascinating to me because it's all just a weird little cult, but then one fucking wrong move and one thing is threatened. And here we are. I don't know. I just really enjoy something about that. Also, something about fucking Trump refusing to go back to Twitter, saying that Elon was begging him. That's really funny. All of everyone involved sucks dick. Something about that brings me joy. You know, they're all just plaguing each other. Uh, Speaking of plaguing people. Okay. This is going to be a positive news story. I can feel it. The Biden Department of Justice is backing Norfolk Southern's bid to block lawsuits. I didn't understand a single thing that you just said. What does that mean? Okay, Norfolk Southern is a train company. Okay. Have you heard about East Palestine, Ohio? No. Jesus Christ, Stevie. Um, I'm only so in the loop. You are definitely out of the loop for this one. I'm going to just... What's the best way to get this across? Oh, yeah, that's the best way. I'm going to show you from the Google Images search, East Palestine, Ohio. It's a location? It's a location. Oh, God. Is that a fucking explosion? Yeah, that's because of a train full of toxic chemicals derailed, and they thought the best solution was to burn off all of the chemicals, which uh, have then now gotten into the water supply and has polluted the town, 
And so people are worried that the town may not be livable anymore. No. No way. That yeah. is that is definitely not safe. Oh, my God. Anyway, is, the Biden Department of Justice is, is, is letting the company uh, block lawsuits against them. Hey. For, you know, poisoning a town, which one of the effects, by the way, of burning <sighs> off these toxins uh, was everyone had to leave the area because yeah. they could die. Everyone's displaced. Everybody was displaced for a bit and came back to dead pets. Oh my god. That is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Hey, why the fuck is a company allowed to just block lawsuits? Isn't the point of lawsuits that somebody doesn't want to be held accountable so you have to force the law to do that? Why the fuck would a company be able to block law? Somebody can say, I want to take you to court because you fucked me over and you can say no? Suck my dick. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I hate this country. That's because that's because the company themselves isn't blocking the lawsuit, but the Biden Department of Justice is backing them to help them block the lawsuits. That's not good either. Doesn't seem like the Department That's of Justice worse. should be doing that. That seems worse that they're in the pocket of a corporation, and I'm sure there's not things involving money going on behind closed doors. A looming Supreme Court decision could end up making it easier for the railroad giant who d- whose train derailed in Ohio this month to block lawsuits, including from victims of the disaster. Ooh, that's so good. That's so normal. Ooh. In the case against Norfolk Southern, the Biden administration is siding with the railroad in its conflict with a cancer-stricken former rail worker. The cancer-stricken former rail worker. I'm assuming they're cancer-stricken because of, like, workplace shit. I feel like I'm, mis- I'm misunderstanding that part as well. A high court ruling for Norfolk Southern could create a national precedent limiting where workers and consumers can bring cases against corporations. The lawsuit in question, filed initially in Pennsylvania County Court in 2017, deals with a state law that permits plaintiffs to file suit against a corporation registered to do business there, even if the actions that gave rise to the case occurred elsewhere. Hmm. Uh, Let's see if it it talks about the actual suit. Uh, In 2016, former Norfolk Southern carman Robert Mallory was diagnosed with colon cancer. Uh, He alleges that his illness was a result from exposure to asbestos and other toxic chemicals on the job. Yeah. And that the railroad failed to provide safe equipment and take other steps to protect him. Yeah. They've clearly fucking got a pattern of this shit. Yeah. So that's what the lawsuit is actually about. And then uh, the Biden Department of Justice is backing the railroad. That is... Oh, my God. That makes me want to throw up. So speaking of really depressing shit. Yeah. There's the obvious elephant in the room for the news story that we have to talk about. Which is? Brianna Gay was a trans teen in England. That one. Yep. I did hear about this. And she was murdered. She was stabbed to death. Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a boy and a girl being charged with the murder of trans teen in the English park. And the British news is being normal about that. Fucking Two school Christ. children have been charged with the murder following the death of a 16-year-old transgender girl in an English village. The school boy and a girl, children. both age 15, have been charged with the murder of Brianna Gay, who was found dead in the park in Warrington and the country's northwest on Saturday afternoon. The two teenagers cannot be named for legal reasons. Referring to these murderers as school children is an interesting play. I can't prove it. I can't prove that that was intentional. But they are. That's the thing. Yeah. God, how fucking indoctrinated do you have to be? Yeah. This is what happens whenever you have a media that constantly pumps in anti-trans rhetoric to everything. 
uh, I was reading something about that the other day that was discussing how literally even in the aftermath of, of her being like fucking murdered, um, British media does continue to dead name and misgender her, even though this is um, a fucking hate crime, like very obviously a fucking hate and crime. It's being, and it's being uh, investigated as a hate crime. Yeah. Like divorcing her identity from this is not an option. Continuing to, um, you know, misgender and dead name her in the light of this event is it, it's unspeakably disgusting. It is fucking villainy. Um, yeah, and it makes you want to throw up. Um, also, just the the part you were saying about like posting a constant fucking influx of like demonizing trans people. Um, in the middle of COVID, they posted um, it was like over three hundred sixty, I think, uh, articles about trans issues issues uh, in quotes, uh, which is like almost one a day. Yeah. What did we even do? Like, we're just fucking sitting here. We exist. Literally, that's it. That is that is just the fact that we exist. Yeah, it is really fucking scary, and it feels very um, just disempowering and nightmarish. And it's like, what are what are we supposed to do with like increasing legal action against us? Um, I don't for legal reasons. I can't say what I think we should do, but. I'm gonna hit my dab pen. This is the worst. Okay, you better have something really fucking nice after this. This is. Uh, I'm in a bummer fucking mood. Well, we have three possible segments. Okay. A, B, and C. Okay. C. Which one do you want? C. C? Okay. What is that? Ooh, you're pulling out the big book. Uh, we're going to the Monster Zone. It's the Monster Zone. Monster Zone. Did you have one already picked out, or are you picking now? I'm picking right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kind of torn on what I want to do, but no, no, I think I'm gonna. Do, I think I am gonna do this one. Okay. Okay. So, as per usual with the Monster Zone, I'm gonna need you to uh, change your outfit. Okay. Give me a climate. What environment are we going to? Uh, it's gonna be very cold and wet. I'm gonna put on rain boots. I'm gonna put on sweatpants. Um, I'm gonna put on a sweater. I'm gonna put on a jacket. I'm gonna put on a windbreaker. I'm gonna put on a beanie. I'm gonna put on earmuffs. I'm gonna put on one of those little nose pouches. I'm gonna put on a mask. And I'm gonna put on oh. gloves. Okay, Ooh, I forgot my socks. Mu- I also put on my socks. <laughs> that might be a bit much because we're just going to Scotland. Okay, so it's gonna be fucking cold and wet. Okay, well, I'm taking off the windbreaker and the jacket. Fucking Christ! And I'm taking off the mask and the nose thing. I think I feel stupid now. Oh, just now? Yeah, you got me overdressed to go to fucking Scotland. Yeah, I feel I feel embarrassed. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the uh, the kelpie. Ooh, I know all about this one. <gasps> wait, wait, hold on. I think I have a book. I would love to compare notes. Hold on. Stevie has now gotten up out of his chair and is rummaging through. Stevie has come back with a book. Stevie is putting his headphones back onto his head. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. So what I have in my hand is the little book of elves and fairies, which was a book that I fucking loved growing up. And I I have to double check, 
Um, but I'm pretty sure there's a story about Kelby's in here because I remember it scaring the fuck out of me as a kid. Hit me with your story. I may be wrong, but I want to compare notes. The Kelpie is a male amphibian species that can be found in and near all moving water and notably in Loch Ness. I did not know the there was supposed to be in Loch Ness. The Scotland West Coast Kelpie is described as a young, sleek, handsome horse, black or brown in color, who can shapeshift into human form. Okay. The East Coast variety has been cited only as a golden yellow horse in quotation marks. In quotation marks. Okay. The Kelpie has skin like glue. After enticing humans onto <laughs> its back, he gallops away with his victim stuck on for the final ride into the depths of a river. <laughs> That's so fucked up. It's just a fucked up horse. <laughs> when plunging into the water, the Kelpie slaps his tail hard against the surface, making a tremendous banging sound and disappears into the water to devour his prey. You'd think they wouldn't want to draw attention in that way, but, you know. There are, unfortunately, many stories of children who are out playing much too close to the water's edge when a handsome horse suddenly appears. He draws the children onto his back and can actually lengthen his body to make room for as many as 20 of them. These kids see this fucked up horse getting longer and longer, and they're like, Timmy, you can fit on two. Mary, you can fit on two. Oh, Sam, you can fit on two. There's room for all of us. Are you fucking dumb? This is why you're yeah, going to get kids. eaten. This is why you're going to get dumb. eaten. Kids are dumb. Kids are very fucking dumb. Anyway, the lore. The lore. Matt Pat voice. One West Coast Kelpie shapeshifted into a handsome young man and had a great success with consecutive mortal maidens. <laughs> right. Okay. As in, like, in murdering them or as in, like, getting nasty? As in getting nasty. Okay. Noted. One night he fell asleep by the side of his latest uh when she happened to notice a bit of sea grass in his hair <gasps> and something equine about his appearance. This is getting a little spooky. She fled. He followed her home, vowing to get her back. After a while, the poor maiden managed to forget the brief encounter and met her true sweetheart. But on her wedding day, just as the bride was on her way out the church door, she was seized by a black horse and was last seen riding headed into the water. Oh, Some say no. her face bobs up from time to time, looking quite pale in the light of the moon. Okay, so he's just like a vengeful, nasty ex. A Kelpie can be caught only by trapping it with the bridle that it is engraved or adorned with a cross. Oh. A captured Kelpie can be used for hard labor. It is tireless, <laughs> works like a demon, and has so much stamina that it can use to carry its rider endlessly. Unfortunately, at the end of each day, it must claim one human victim. Oh my god. Hard labor for my evil horse. Also... Find find people to feed to my horse. <laughs> no horse. I would rather take a weak, shitty horse that can only do a little labor each day and carry me for many miles, but not endlessly, as opposed to having to murder someone at the end of every day. That is crazy. One day, some people working in a field heard a strange voice crying, The hour has come, but not the man. Just then, they sighted a Kelpie rising from the water and then uh, sinking down again. Suddenly, they saw a rider appearing on a horse who was speeding toward the water. The workers jumped up from their labors and tried to catch hold of the rider. They warned him about the nearby Kelpie in the dangerous water, but he paid no heed. 
Determined to save the, str the strange rider despite himself, they carried him, struggling, to a nearby church and locked him within. Oh. They told him that they would free him as soon as the prophesied hour had pa safely passed. Mm. But when they returned to unlock him from the dangerous time, they found the poor man had drowned in a trough of water near the door. Oh my god. That's very scary. That's so, really uh, scary. That's so fucked up. Also, why was there a trough of water in the church? I can only assume it was for baptisms maybe i guess baptisms i know that like some churches have like the little thing of holy water sometimes catholic churches i was thinking i was like that's definitely a catholic thing yeah yeah that is so fucked up how are you gonna baptize somebody in the fucking murder trough after this you can't you have to close the church i mean that's just common sense you just gonna close the church now sorry so, uh, yeah, would you like to know how to dispel or disarm a uh, Kelpie? I would, because I'm getting a little bit nervous. I'm glad that I'm wearing these these earmuffs. I realized I forgot to take off the earmuffs whenever I was taking off my winter wear to go to Scotland, so I won't be able to hear its horrible call. When approaching Lock Country, remember, Kelpies are unflaggingly persistent species, and fatal encounters cannot be averted by usual measures. Okay. Even entrapment with a cross-engraved saddle or working the creature overtime plowing hard land will not stop its eating habits. There's only one thing that can stop a Kelpie. Though they live in moving water, Kelpies cannot be exposed to still water of any kind. Puddle water, hmm. rain, or tap water, or non-fizzy bottled water. Or non-fizzy bottled water? So fizzy bottled water, they'll be fine. That is so you gotta get fucking funny. Because I guess bubbles shit. bubbles count as as movement. How does rain not count as moving? That's not still water. Neither is tap water. It's still running. That's a cop out. So uh, yeah, that's how you can uh, defend yourself against uh, Kelpie. Fucking bottled water. Okay, sure. I'm not scared anymore. That's lame. Kelpies were they they really made them out to be something very scary. Okay, so I couldn't find them in the little book of elves and fairies, so I'm going to cross check the little book of prince and princesses because I remember it being a book in this style of art. Um I swear mom just had a lot of ones like this, but also in general we had a lot of books on fairies. I'm going to double check. It's important to me, sorry. It's a passion project now. Stevie has gotten back up. Stevie is digging through their bookshelf trying to find a book. Stevie has found a book. Stevie is leafing through the book. I am sitting here narrating what Stevie is doing. He's still leafing through the book. Oh my god, is he going to look at every page? Stevie is looking at every page in this motherfucking book. Stevie, you're killing me. I have better things I could be doing right now. This fucking blows. Stevie just said that this fucking blows. Sorry for the lull in the podcast. I was thwarted. I was foolish to think a Kelpie would be found in something as wonderful as the little book of prince and princesses. Sorry, just princesses. Fuck the princes. There are a lot of princes in that book, though, but it's all about the ladies today. Yeah, so we have two segments left. A. I was going to say one or two. One. God. Okay, fine. <laughs> so uh, now we're going to move away from uh, the monster zone mm -hmm. into... Wait. A little bit more of a. Uh, should that have been part of the take? Should that have been take you to hack? It is a demon. Kelpies? No, Kelpies are monsters. Didn't it say it was a demon? No, I said it was a monster. Okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Proceed. So yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna move away from monsters in the uh, monster zone. Yeah. And we're gonna move into a more uh, uh, mischievous uh, realm. 
it's pronounced mischievous. I know we always do this, but like it is, it is definitively pronounced mischievous. Every few months we have to have this convo, but just just to review, do you still think that mischievous is a more mischievous way of saying the word? Yes, I do. Okay, I just wanted to check in. I guess we're going to mischievous boys. We're going to mischievous boys. <laughs> Today, I thought we would talk about an actor. An actor? Okay. A very famous actor. Okay. Literal star of the silver screen. Back when the, he was like a star back when all the movies were in black and white. That's not literal. That is. I silver was screen. To... That's why it's called the silver screen. You said star. Star of the silver screen. So I was trying to think, what actor has played an actual planetary like star on film and my first thought i'm not sh- not shitting you was the teletubbies baby in the sun the, the, the sun baby but i don't think it's that one this is somebody who was like an og way back when actor yes hit me we're talking about conrad veidt that is not a familiar name really no you seen casablanca yeah he was in casablanca was he this was he the main guy the sexy guy he was uh, the German. Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me look that up. I can't remember. When I was in high school, that was my favorite movie. Well, first was La La Land. Then it was Casablanca. Of course, I graduated to that, right? This is from thefamouspeople.com. Okay. Conrad Veidt was a German actor known for his powerful performances both in silent films and in talkies. I love that they are called talkies. I love that. I think that's great. Beginning his acting career on stage, he debuted in films at the age of 24 and quickly gained international attention for his performances in silent films like Different from Others, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, and The Man Who Laughs. Later, he began acting in talkies and became equally successful in them. But when the Nazi party came to power in Germany, he abandoned his flourishing career to move to England, unwilling to leave his recently married Jewish wife to her (sighs) destiny. For the next nine years, he acted in a number of British productions, including uh, The Thief of Baghdad and one called, and I'm, I'm, I, this is a name. Is it? Jew Sus. What? What is that about? I, I need an explanation for this. It's a 1934 film, British historical drama film based on Leon... Feucht Wagner's 1925 novel Jude Sus about Joseph Sus Oppenheimer. Okay, so it's a do- it's it's a historical drama. Okay, apparently. Okay, but we're we're getting into the weeds here. Okay, I just wanted to double check. Yeah, uh, he received British citizenship at the age of 45. Mm-hmm. At the age of 48, he moved to the USA, where he lived for two years only, but died of a massive heart attack at the age of 50. Damn. He spent his youth in Berlin, where he attended the Sophie Gymnasium. Okay. While there, he became interested in drama, queuing up in front of theaters every day after school. Consequently, he did poorly in academics. (laughs) King. In 1912, he completed his education without diploma, ranked last in his class of 13. That's really funny. 
Thereafter, he started studying drama with Albert Blumenreich and was eventually hired as an extra by Max Reinhardt at Deutsches Theater, bagging a small part in Der Arst und Schweig... Don't try the German. Don't try the German. Schweidweg the following year. Yeah. Dreadful. It's a very hard language to speak. Yeah. In December 1914, he was drafted into the army and sent to fight in the Battle of Warsaw. Oh, shit. But very soon, he was hospitalized with jaundice. Oh. I don't know anything about the Battle of Warsaw or jaundice, really. Jaundice is the one that makes it yellow, right? Yeah, it's definitely better than having to go to war. Yeah, I'd rather have jaundice. When he improved a little, he began to act in theaters with the permission of the army. Okay. In 1916, he was certified unfit to serve and discharged from the army. Thank God. Thereafter, he returned to Berlin and began to perform on stage, very soon earning fame for his unique presence. Yeah. Conrad Veidt debuted in films with the German silent drama movie The Path of Death. Oh. Where he had the star role of Rolf. Uh, later the same year, he had When the Dead Speak, Fear, The Sea Battle, and The Spy. There's, you can kind of tell what the cultural zeitgeist was, you know? Uh, he appeared in 10 films in 1918 and 11 in 1919. Most significant among them is Different from the Others... Possibly the first film to treat homosexuality with sympathy. Hell yeah. That's nice. In 1920, he gained international fame with the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Have you ever seen it? No. It's awesome. It's a silent film. It's, it's, it's good. It's scary. Really? Uh, yeah, it's a really creepy performance. Uh, basically, there's uh, Dr. Caligari is a hypnotist. Okay. And he's basically hypnotized a guy into doing a bunch of murders for him. Oh, that's awful. That's great. Hold on. I'm going to go look that up because it's hard for me to be scared by old movies just because, you know, I mean, this, the effects aren't going to be as, you know, whatever. Um, that is interesting, though. It was called The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yep. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, it's on Apple TV. Oh, it's on Tubi with ads. This is so scary. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, Sometime in 1926, he moved to California on the invitation of John Barrymore to star in the silent film, in silent drama films like The Beloved Rogue. Uh, he also starred in three other silent films, A Man's Past, The Man Who Laughs, and The Last Performance. Although he was quite successful in Hollywood, talkie films were more in demand, and he couldn't speak English at the time. Oh, shit, yeah. So he returned to Germany in 1929 to star in the first German-speaking talkie film, Land Without Women. Okay. In 1933, as the Nazi party came to power, he moved to England where he perfected his English, eventually starring in I Was a Spy and The Wandering Jew. His last German films were The Empress and I and The FP1 Doesn't Answer. Both were released in the same year. Hmm. Okay. Conrad Veidt remained in England until 1940, uh, where he starred in a whole bunch of films, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he recognized the fact that because he was German, he would always be typecast as a Nazi. Yeah. So he made sure in his contracts mm. that the characters he played never be sympathetic. Mm. Yeah. He didn't want any sympathetic portrayals of Nazis. That's good. That's great. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, aware of, of what was going to happen and he wanted to do that responsibly. Yeah. I can so he was the bad good. guy in Casablanca. He was, yeah, he was, uh, I believe it was Major Strasser or Captain Renault. No, yeah, it was, it was Major Strasser. Um, he was really good in it. I really liked that movie. Um, 
but he was uh you know a piece of shit he was a he was a piece of shit in it um oh i just remembered what happened at the very end with him anyway i digress um i i can definitely appreciate uh an anti-nazi uh, actor just in general really any anti-nazi and uh kicker yeah according to uh one of his friends when he was sober he liked the ladies but when he was drunk he liked the men no fucking way that is yes. very saucy that's very saucy so bisexual icon conrad Veidt. according to one of his friends like okay all right that's funny <laughs> When your inhibitions are lowered. Yeah, so that was uh, Conrad Veidt. What a delight. Oh, that rhymed. That was fun. So now we're going to move away from Mischievous Boys. Okay, what are we moving into? We're going to move into something uh, kind of in a completely different realm. Okay. Uh, Shit. Did you forget? Quick, say something spooky. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. He does lost spooky That's right. We're going with Diagnosis Ghost. Ooh, that's great! Diagnosis Ghost. Diagnosis Ghost. Diagnosis Ghost. Diagnosis Ghost. I'm very excited. We ha- I feel like it's been forever since we've done a Diagnosis Ghost. For the uninitiated, Micah goes down a list of things that might be haunted, and I say whether or not they're really haunted, because I am, that's, you got it, a, 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 I got a doctorate in ghost stuff. I don't remember what I said I had before, but I am pretty qualified extremely qualified so you're gonna send me a link or what because if it's got pictures i want to see the pictures here's the problem hit me it does not have pictures boo you know why it doesn't have pictures why because this is from budgettravel.com the fuck is budget travel and if their website is any indicator they didn't blow the budget on the website clearly okay you just tell me the names and i'll google them and i'll send pictures to you how about that (laughs) So, this is from an article from 2017 entitled, Yes, These Ten Theaters Are Haunted. Oh, that's good. That's really good. (laughs) So, we're going to talk about ten haunted theaters. Okay. And we're going to decide if it's ghosts or not. I'm excited. I, I kind of regard most theaters as being haunted. Can't prove it. Does seem like they are, though, doesn't it? No. I don't know that I've ever been in a theater that didn't seem haunted, to be honest with you. You think that might be a generalized anxiety? Okay, like, yeah, probably. Damn. You're really like, I don't think it's haunted. I think you just have a fucking anxiety disorder. Okay. Only one of those those facts is confirmed. So, yeah, probably. Damn. So, uh, <laughs> our first theater uh-huh. is the Belasco Theater in New York City. Belasco Theater in YC. Give me scary pictures. NYC. Dave, David Belasco was one of the most colorful of the early 20th century Broadway producers, known both for being a ladies' man and in a move that was oddly flamboyant even for theater producers, dressing in a monk's flowing robes. That's very fun. His ghost is said to haunt this theater district gym. Originally named the Stuyvesant, it op- when it opened in 1907, the theater featured a duplex apartment for the producer. So you could be the producer and you have a place to live right next to the theater. That's really nice. That is really nice. The Belasco has played host to some of the great Broadway productions, including Clifford O'Day's play Awake and Sing in 1935, the nude review O Calcutta in 1971. Okay. 
and a revival of August Wilson's Joe Turner's Come and Gone in 2009. What the fuck are they talking about? I what what are any of these titles? I don't know. I don't know what this is. You're not familiar with the nude review O Calcutta? Are you? No. No. <laughs> I have a life. Also, I sent you pictures of this place. It is actually very pretty. It, it is it is very extravagant. Uh, David Belasco's robe-clagged figure has been reported in the office space that now occupies his old apartment. Oh, that's cool. And in the theater's balcony. Some women have even reported feeling a mysterious ghostly pinch. That's very cheeky. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Ghost or not ghost? Diagnosis ghost here or, uh... It sounds like this guy had a real reputation... It all comes down to whether or not people already knew about him before reporting this stuff. You know what I mean? The human brain does crazy stuff. Literally all of this comes down to whether or not these people had already heard of him. It sounds like he had, um, I would say, a strong presence. The whole flowing robe thing, iconic. I feel like he'd be very recognizable in ghost form if he was there. I feel like this place is a little haunted. I mean, just look at it. Also, he lived there and he worked there. That's going to be a very strong emotional presence, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say diagnosis mm, ghost, probably. Okay, diagnosis ghost. Our next theater mm-hmm. is the Palace Theater in okay. New York City. NYC does have a lot of theaters. Palace Theater, that sounds familiar. Let me check that. Many ghosts lay claim to the title Famous, but the Palace is home to the spirit of superstar Judy Garland. Okay. So everyone, I assume, knows who Judy Garland is. Yeah. Um, Wizard of Oz. Why do they think why do they think she's there? Uh well, it's funny you should ask. Okay. The theater started as a vaudeville theater in nineteen thirteen. Okay. It was a pinnacle for touring singers, dancers, and comics. Mm-hmm. The stage has been graced by Harry Houdini, Will mm-hmm. Rogers, Ethel Merman, and other stars. Mm-hmm. But the legend has it that a special door was built in the uh, orchestra pit mm-hmm. for Judy Garland's entrances and exits, and that the ghostly figure of the troubled star is sometimes seen in the doorway. That's it. Ooh, Ooh wow. Bullshit. So she, you're going to say... Uh, not ghosts. She performed there like two times, and they were like, oh, her ghost is here. She doesn't fucking know you. You built a door for her. She didn't beg for the door, and now you're fucking lying on her after she died. Let her fucking chill. That pisses me off. Anyway, no. Not a ghost. Okay, so not a ghost. Oh, so our next theater uh-huh. is the Paris Opera. Paris Opera. Like from Phantom of the Opera? It's in Paris. Like in Phantom of the Opera. Yes, it's that one. It's you know, fictional opera. city of Paris from Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yeah. Okay, No good. one can prove to me that Paris is real. If you're from France and you listen to this podcast, no, you don't. Paris Theater... I'm having. A I've hard seen time our metrics, and so far, nobody from France listens to our podcast. Wait for real? That's really funny. Yeah, the, the, we don't speak French. Bilingual people exist. People in other countries that don't speak English do listen to the podcast. This is true, and I, I, I've seen a few. Uh, we've got a listener in Romania. Hey, hi. Hope you're still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, why does it count as a listen? Does it count somebody who accidentally clicked on an episode? For they gotta play the whole episode. Well, that's delightful. Okay, great. That's cool. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's that it's that opera house where the Phantom supposedly was. Yeah. 
and the early 20th century, a mysterious apartment, and by some accounts, a male corpse, were found in the opera theater. That's very spooky. Uh, the Palace Garnier, inspiring the 1910 novel that inspired the silent film, and the smash Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Yeah, that's the one. Ooh, this place is gorgeous, actually. It's got a mural. The theater, which has been renovated several times since the 19th century, acquired a reputation for lavish productions and sets, but curiously... Though the well-known Phantom has brought the Paris Opera worldwide fame, there are no serious Phantom sightings on record. A chandelier did fall in 1896, killing a construction worker and supplying the famous scene of the novel, but that wasn't a weird guy living in the sewers or whatever. That's crazy. The theater's resident ghost is an older woman who committed suicide in the 19th century and is said to roam the streets outside the opera house, searching for the man who jilted her. Why'd she... Okay, wait. So did she? She did it at the opera house. Uh, doesn't say where she did it. Just if that she's she... wandering around outside, she's not haunting the opera. She's haunting Paris. I think Paris is haunted for sure. A lot of people fucking died there. It's probably got at least one ghost. But the opera itself, you know, it's really pretty though. Look at the pictures I sent. It's got murals on the ceiling and shit. Oh no, I, I've seen it. It is very pretty. It's very pretty. Um, diagnosis: not ghosts. Not even ghosts. Okay, so the next theater uh-huh. is the Palace Theater Did in Los Angeles. That? In Los Angeles, how many fucking Palace theaters can we have? Is are they part it, of like the same like group? Is that like a thing? No, it's just a really popular name for theater. Noted. Oh, this looks cool. It's the oldest movie theater in L.A. The Palace has a third balcony that was once closed off from the rest of the theater for racial segregation and became a legendary as the site of ghost sightings with onstage performers seeing mysterious figures in the balcony when locked doors should have prevented anyone from appearing up there. Scary. The Palace, known until 1926 as the Orpheum, was once one of the premier theaters on the famed Orpheum Circuit of vaudeville houses and saw its share of live performances before transforming into a silent movie venue. That's cool. Over the years, audience members and theater staff reported the figure of a woman dressed in white lace crossing the stage during performances, then disappearing into the wings, never to be seen again. That's cool. I love that. Wait, so you said the audience members and staff have seen that? Yes. That is so fucking funny. She's literally just invading a performance. Yeah, I'll buy that. Audience full of people, staff members? Sure, someone probably saw a ghost. The next theater. Hit me. Is Theater Royal on Drury Lane. What? Okay, Theater Royal. Drury Lane. Okay, there we go. It's in London. Okay, this one's okay. This one's interesting. It's very fancy. Standing on a spot that's been occupied by three previous theaters since 1663, the Theater Royal, Drury Lane, known as Drury Lane to Londoners. Okay. Why would you put that in here? (laughs) should be one of the likeliest places for a spook. Sure enough, one of London's most famous ghost sightings, the man in gray, is regularly reported here, wearing riding boots, a powdered wig, and a tricorn hat. That is interesting. So this is a guy who's, like, all over London. One of London's most famous ghosts. So he doesn't haunt the theater, he haunts London. He visited the theater. That's different. The story goes that the apparition is the spirit of the fellow whose skeletal remains were found in a walled-up passageway here in the 19th century. Now we're talking! It was on the spot of the theater. (gasps) Yeah, now we're talking. That's great. Skeletal remains. 
That's that's so fucked up. That, in a wall. So, so what, what do you? Who put him in the wall? So what do you think? Ghost diagnosis ghost? ghost for sure. There's a ghost for sure. Why okay, was he so in the wall? You gotta We're, hide a body somehow. You are breezing by that. <laughs> Someone put him in the wall. They yeah, cask of Amontillado'd him. Well, they might have killed him first, and then just stashed the body in the wall. That's more likely. Okay, okay. So regardless, sidebar, sidebar. Regardless of whether the ghost is real or not, the skeleton was found in the wall. That is real. Yes. That is so fucked up. By the way, I just think murder is so fucked up. I literally sound so dumb harping on this, but like I'm realizing that a skeleton in the wall does imply someone had to put it there. It did not spawn there like in Minecraft. That is so heebie-jeebies. That is so creepy. Super haunted. Indeed. So our next theater is yeah. the Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee. Fucking another. Okay. Orpheum Theater Memphis. Okay. Ooh, the outside of this one's fancy. So most of the seats in the theater are good seats, but you might want to steer clear of C5. Why? That's where Mary, a see-through apparition, has been seen enjoying rehearsals and performances at this former vaudeville venue. Yeah, it's her seat. She got her ticket. Don't be fucking rude. Built as the Grand Opera House in, at the corner of Main and Beale Streets in 1890, the theater joined the Orpheum Circuit in 1907, but burned in 1923. Okay. The, the new Orpheum was built on the side of the Grand at twice its size. Mm. It was converted into a movie theater in the 1940s, then began hosting touring productions and concerts in the 1970s. Cool. In 1984, a refurbished Orpheum reopened and has seen productions as big as The Phantom of the Opera and Les Miserables. Very cool. Wait, so, so how, uh, how's it haunted? Did you mention a single ghost in that? Or is yeah, it just Mary, the first? Oh. See through go the ghost in C5. She haunted the original one, though, did she not? It says she haunts the current one in C C5. Okay, well, why they give me the fucking history of the other one? Okay, yeah. Um, do they say how many people saw Mary? Or do they say several? Another cop-out. It just it just says that's where it just Mary's says been seen. That's where she is. Yeah. The lack of corroborating evidence makes me feel the author has a connection somehow. <laughs> we, it's not, we've heard Mary is here. It's, no, no, Mary is, she's in C5. She is there. Don't sit there. <laughs> They're warning you. Um, sure, maybe. Diagnosis, maybe. Probably. Budget trip advisor, whatever the fuck this is, seems to believe it. Budgettravel.com. My bad. <laughs> TripAdvisor or something different. Uh, next is the St. James Theater in Wellington, New Zealand. Okay. The St. James Theater was built in 1913 and was initially a venue for silent movies. A lot of silent movies. Throughout the 20th century, the theater was home to film, live theater, and other entertainments. Cool. But no single theater has such a wide array of freaky sightings. Yuri... A Russian acrobat who supposedly fell to his death during a performance is often credited for the theater lights turning on and off. <gasps> the Wailing Woman what? was, the story goes, an actress who was booed off stage and consequently <gasps> killed herself. Oh my god. She is now blamed not only for the mysterious cries heard in space, but also for a series of calamities that have befallen actresses at the St. James, including calamities. falls, sprains, and performance endangering head colds. Calamities. 
Another legend has it that during World War II, a boys choir sang its last concert at St. James before departing New Zealand on a ship that was never seen again. Oh. The boys' ghostly singing is now heard by stagehands and others. That's enough ghosts. Diagnosis. Yeah, okay, there's fucking ghosts. <laughs> That's so many. Like, with the first one, I was like, okay, plausible. Second one, I was like, okay, plausible. Third one, it's like, there's like 20 people in a choir. I'm sure at least one of them is there. <laughs> like, the, with every story you you tell me, the probability of it being haunted goes up exponentially. Diagnosis, yeah, certainly. Okay, so diagnosis, certainly. Certainly our next Our next theater uh-huh. is Adelphi Theater in London. Adelphi Theater, London. The present-day Adelphi is a relative kid among London playhouses, built in 1930. But theaters have stood on this site since the early 19th century, and the place has a paranormal pedigree to match its age. Hmm. The ghost of actor William Terrace, who was stabbed to death at the stage door in 1897, is said to haunt the Adelphi. That's terrifying. According to legend, Terrace's understudy had a dream the night before the actor's murder (gasps) in which Terrace lay bleeding on his dressing room floor. Oh, no. The theater was home to Noel Coward's Words and Music in 1932 and hosted the London premiere of Stephen Sondheim's A Little Night Music in 1975. Okay, cool. We breezed right past the murder to talk about Stephen Sondheim. Cool. Um, the murder? Youch. The premonition dream? Yowzers. That's what I have to say to that. Youch and yowzers. Diagnosis? Mm, yeah, probably. The only, the only thing I'll give him is that the premonition was slightly off. He didn't bleed out on his dressing room floor, but at the stage door, damn, that means he was just trying to chat with fucking fans. He was just trying to fucking hang out with guys. That sucks. That's very scary. So our next theater okay. is Grauman's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. Okay. So. Oh, that one looks so cool. Hollywood what? lore says that actor Victor Kalane walks the forecourt of this iconic L.A. landmark, searching for the man who beat him to death outside the theater. Oh, my God. This is outside? Yeah. If it's outside, it doesn't count. I hate to say it. Even if it's only in front of the theater? <sighs> like they aren't leaving that area? Yeah. Like his walk. Like the, the picture you sent me is the part that he's supposed to walk back and forth across. That's true. It does have a little kind of courtyard area. Ah. <sighs> If a spirit was haunting my front yard, I don't know that I would say it was haunting my house. I would probably say it was haunting my front yard. See, but now you're just quibbling. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, the point is whether or not I think the ghost is real. Um, did they say how many people saw it? Or are they just say, telling a story of, of this guy? They're just saying that Hollywood lore says. Fucking, okay, well now it's just an urban legend. If you don't tell me specifically who says it, I don't care. Okay, so what's your diagnosis? Not ghost. Diagnosis, not ghost. Diagnosis, not ghost. Okay. If they had said theater employees or, like, uh, tourists have said this, yeah, sure. But if you're saying the nebulous spirit of Hollywood told you, fuck off. <laughs> so our next theater... Okay. And this is the last one. Okay. Is the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. The whole festival. Uh, apparently, it's in Ashland, Oregon. The whole fest. Oh, this place looks so fucking cool. Oh, I'm sending that to you. I get that the point is that it looks like Shakespeare's theater or whatever. This looks so fucking cool. Okay, so it is like a theater inside a festival. What? This place looks crazy. Hey, y'all, out of all these theaters, go Google that one. Crazy. 
From royal ghosts traipsing through Macbeth and Hamlet to the knavish sprite Puck in A Midsummer's Night Dream and the mysterious magical Ariel in The Tempest, William Shakespeare provided the world with a small army of supernatural supporting roles. But the Bard of Avon's work is seldom as downright terrifying as the grounds of Lithia Park, home to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which mm. offers a mix of indoor and outdoor theater spaces. Mm. The ghost of a young girl murdered in the 19th century <gasps> is said to walk the grounds herself. Not impressed? Visitors to the park have told local police that the girl is surrounded by a mysterious blue light that enshrouds onlookers and drives them to hysterical fright. Oh, God. I like that they were, like, not impressed. Like, I hear you're about to say some shit, Stevie. Wait a minute. They told the cops about it. Yeah. Okay. So she was murdered, like, in that area, like, in the park. On the grounds of the park, yeah. On the grounds of the park. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I'm convinced. I think, I think she's probably there, um, based on that, that riveting description. So like diagnosis. Yeah, ghost. Um, I don't know if the park, okay. I don't know if the Shakespeare festival building takes up the entire park. And so if it's more like she's haunting the park, it looks like she's haunting the theater. But again, oh, I'm quibbling. I think there's a ghost for sure. Okay. So diagnosis ghost for sure. Ghost for sure. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, that's been our segment. Diagnosis ghost. What a delightful segment. Don't get it twisted, cause we're the quiz takers. Don't get it twisted, cause we're the quiz takers. Don't get it twisted, cause we're the quiz takers. You got it twisted, cause we're the quiz takers. I do have a quiz. Well, actually, mm, I have three quizzes and you get to choose. Okay, so let's do a quiz. If you're feeling a little quizzical, I won't make you. Although I could. I am holding you hostage on this podcast. Little do, little do the readers listen. Readers, fucking, I can't even do my bit now. I sound fucking stupid. Do you want to do a fucking quiz or not? <laughs> yeah, I'll do a fucking quiz. Sorry, I gave up on my bit halfway through. I only have the energies for so much. Okay, so your options are. <laughs> now I want to know what the bit was. Oh, the bit was going to be that like this is a hostage situation, and I force you to record the podcast with me. That I, you live in my basement or something. And I just sit a mic down in front of you, but you're just really good at acting, so nobody can tell. And then you force me to edit the podcast. I do. I do make you edit the podcast, or else someone's going to think something's up. Indeed. The the tomato the the soup the soup bath question was was a trick. It's how I'm going to um, torture you in the basement later, or whatever. Uh, you said New Brunswick, New Brunswick stew, New Brunswick. It's just Brunswick stew. What the fuck am I? What is New Brunswick? Is that a thing? It's a town. Okay. In Connecticut. I feel like I'm going insane. Anyway, uh, do you want to learn what DreamWorks twink you are? Or do you want to learn what salad you are? Or do you want to learn how you would have died on the Oregon Trail? I want to learn what DreamWorks twink am I. Perfect. (laughs) This is such a good one. Okay. So, this is you quiz. What DreamWorks twink are you? And this was posted by... Well, I found this via Tumblr user YouQuizTime. And it was posted by (laughs) YouQuiz user Weed. So good. So great. <laughs> uh, how many clocks do you have in your house, Micah? Uh, wouldn't you like to know? One to three, none, three to five, or five plus? Probably three to five. Three to five clocks? Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm counting like cell phones. Yeah, that, that that's fair. I would count that. Question number two. Bitches? Uh, your options are zero, negative five, wouldn't you like to know, many, or I'm so confused. I'm going to say many. Many bitches. This is great. Many bitches. 
Question three, I offer you these beverages. Which one do you pick? Water, soda, tea, or soda, but it's multiple mixed in one glass. I'm going to say soda, but it's multiple mixed in one glass. What's your ideal soda combo? There's a single right answer. Oh, there's a single right answer. I don't know, in my opinion. I'm giving you a qualifier. You looked like you were going to skin me for saying that. What's your What's your your choice? Uh, honestly, my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. is to get the uh, the high C uh-huh. and mix it with Sprite. Ooh, that actually sounds delicious. Yes, it is. Uh, mine is Dr. Pepper and Sprite. It is actually also very delicious. But your citrus thing sounds like it would go together a little bit better, actually. It does. I, I do like my Dr. Pepper thing. I can't place why, though. Oh, question number four. You've drunk your beverage. How do you feel? Well or unwell? I feel well. Perfect. Question five. Have you ever seen a James Bond film? Yes, no, maybe in a dream or can't remember. Yes. Great. I, I've seen almost all of them. Really? Huh. Yeah. I have seen um, none of them, actually, come to think of it. I don't. I have not seen a single James Bond film. Huh. Okay. I should change that. I should I should make you watch some of the Sean Connery James Bond films just so we can talk about oh, how bad and awful they are. There's I'm actually a podcast. Thrilled. There's a podcast called Kill James Bond. Oh. That's done by a bunch of transgender people that I think you might enjoy. That sounds great. Then they went through all the James Bond movies and now they're currently going through the un- the Man from Uncle movies. God damn, I loved that movie. I didn't know there were multiple though. I only saw It was a one- franchise back in the 60s. I did not know that. Whichever one came out most recently I saw, but I did not know that was a thing. Oh, my God. That's very cool. Um, okay, okay, question six. Your type <laughs> um, has to have limbs when they have too many limbs, rich, willing to go trash can rating with me, or all of the above? All of the above. Great. Question number seven. Now the truth about how many bitches you have. Oh, God, oh, no, or many many okay we're doubling down question number eight have you thought about what dragon you would have if you owned a dragon yes extensively no now that you ask i do have a general idea uh i'm gonna go with yes extensively have you really what kind of dragon would you have i'm just saying yes extensively for the sake of the quiz like i haven't actually thought this through (sighs) okay then you're lying on the quiz okay i'm gonna i'm gonna demote it so now that you ask, I have a general idea. Do you do you know what kind of dragon you would like to have? Probably See, a. You're about to get demoted. You did not answer quick enough. I don't think you have a general idea. I think the answer may be no. Okay, fine. The answer is no. I have to parse out the truth. Oh, <laughs> my God, Lord Farquaad. Maybe I should see. This is what happens when you don't go with my answer that I chose, so it's inaccurate. No, that was not inaccurate. It was about to be inaccurate. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna check and see what it would have been if I let you answer that last one how you wanted to. Hold on, hold on. Bitches, many beverages, soda, many. Well, yes. Uh, all of the above, many bitches. Yes, extensively. Okay, see, you would have gotten Jack Frost, which everyone wants to be. Too bad that's not true. You're more of a Lord Farquaad type. Sorry, Micah. This is what life could be like if you lied more. Sad. <laughs> I don't have a yes and for this one. Sorry. There was no, an era okay. uh, in, I would say, 11th grade where I did uh, always wear my hair in a little little hairstyle that made me look like Lord Farquaad. It was half up and half down, but my hair was shoulder length. Girl, what do you think was going to happen? 
It was cute in retrospect. I was just a very insecure person. You don't say. That's not funny. Take that part out of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to our cool, fun, positive positivity podcast, you guys. <laughs> oh, goodness. I had, had a weird energy this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, again, there is something evil in the air. Uh, I don't know what it is. Everybody I know is having a very bad time, and I'm not a horoscope bitch anymore, but I do think that it is something going on with probably the stars. I don't even know what 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 what's the dominant sign right now. Like I don't even know. Like um, I literally don't know what to Google. Okay, uh, there is a website is MercuryInRetrograde.com, which is very funny. Um, is it? No, something else must be bumming you out. Is what the website says, which is really fucking funny. Uh, that's really funny. Um, yeah. Well, that's nice. At least that it's not. Um, although that's usually going to pertain to like communication issues and stuff. So if there's something else going on internally, well, it might just be you. Here's the thing. I know it's me. So, eh. although there's other stuff going on planetary. Sorry, I'm gonna Google the Google that after this. I won't waste your time with my planetary bullshit. But I am going to try and figure out which planet to blame this on. As you as you should. Yeah. Anyway, I think we have enough for an episode. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So, uh, this is a free episode, so that means that we have plugs. So, Stevie, where can people find you? You can find all my shit over at steviebee.com. That's steviebee.com. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitch. I'm a cool little dude. Uh, I made an animated series with my friend Eli Murphy. It's called Arbor Square. Go watch it on YouTube. It's really super cool. Um, please subscribe to our Patreon. I would like to quit my day job. So, we're good. We gotta make this fucking work. Um, also, our Patreon is so, so cool. And... Excuse me, so rude. Our Patreon is really cool, um, and you get bonus episodes. You get an extra episode per month. Micah, where can the people find you? They can find my music at mxmaxwell1.bandcamp.com. Uh, looping back around to the Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's an yeah. extra episode per month, right? Or is it every... It is per month, it's right? an extra. It is an extra episode per month, because we, right now we only record two episodes per month. Right, right, that's it. One free, one Patreon, so yeah. Uh, you should definitely go and subscribe to it because you'll get such great content as Nuclear Winter. Oh, that was, was the one that we did Winter? last week. It was so fun. I'm not going to tell you what Nuclear Winter is because you have to subscribe to find out for a mere $3 it per was month. A, game. a if piddly, you, if a piddly amount want, of money. I know you've all been begging for Micah to play games with me and I finally got them to play a game. You should go listen to it. Also, there's like a massive backlog of episodes. So if you're craving more gender swap, just a little bit more gender swap in your ear, uh, go subscribe. We have done, we've made a lot of these. <laughs> Basically, for every free episode that we have, we have a corresponding bonus episode. Yeah. Right now, we're up to episode 41. In reality, we recorded 82 episodes. So there's, so, you, you're missing half of the gender swap canon by just listening to the, to the free episodes. Hate to say it. Pretty much. So, yeah, go on over to the Patreon, and uh, that's patreon.com, gender swap uh, podcast. Go check it out. If you can't find it through Google or whatever, which it, what doesn't surprise me because Google's gotten kind of crappy lately. Google what with them putting ads lately. on top of everything. Yes. But uh, if you can't find it that way, go to steviebee.com. Stevie has all the links there. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can actually go to steviebee.com slash gender swap. Let me double check. Yeah, steviebee.com slash gender swap. Also, we have a quiz. Hey, 
y'all, I forgot that we had a little quiz. If you're trying to decide what episode to start on, go take our quiz. I should update that because we've had we've made so many episodes since then. We have. We have made quite a few episodes since you, you came up with that quiz. OMG, that'd be really fun to update it. I should do that. Indeed. But uh, yeah, we covered your stuff. We covered the Patreon. Uh, have we mentioned the Tumblr? We have a Tumblr. It's called Gender Swap Podcast. You can send us asks. You can send us messages. Uh, I would love to get quizzes you think we should do or daily questions you think we should do in our inbox. We do. I say we. I I love when people message it uh, or ask us things because I think it is so, so cute. Micah doesn't see the Tumblr messages, so know that you're speaking directly in my ear when you talk on there. If you're on Patreon, you're talking directly in Micah's ear because I'm not on that. So you have direct lines to both of us. It's just the Micah's behind a paywall. As it should be. As it should be. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that covers all of our bases. So, yeah. uh, nothing left to say, but bye. Bye.